Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by my good friends and partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, we have uh, we have nothing to discuss today. Uh, but before we get into nothing, um, I, have a, I, have a, I have a complaint, actually. Um, I've had people in my life complaining about someone typing over the audio mm. in, uh, in the episode that dropped this week. And um, listen, I just don't want there to be anything between the three of us in our relationship. Um, I, I want there to be total honesty, boys, okay? Because if we're going to do radio together for the next 50 years, uh, that has to be the atmosphere. So... I just want to come clean and say that it wasn't me typing. Um, my keys do not sound like that. Uh, whoever was typing, it sounded like they were typing on like a Smith Corona Galaxis from the 70s. Um, it was very loud typing. So uh, I, I just I just want to know who it was, not to judge, um, not to think of you any differently. But, uh, but who was typing last week? Mm. So here's the problem with this question. Mm. Okay. That requires me remembering what happened last week. Yeah, that's true. And and also not misremembering, um, which is a way that one gets out of things that one is guilty for. I'm guessing it Absolutely. was me, but I don't have okay. any. I don't have any specific recollection. Um, okay. but I'm pretty sure it was me. The thing is, I typed during every episode, and so it must have been a goofy microphone setting I had that it picked it up and bothered people. Yeah, interesting, Piper. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your your candor on that. Um, thank you. You know, if we're going to heal, we need to be honest. Um, Ronald, any anything to add to this? Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, I'm not on like some old Model T Ford like computer either. <laughs> I got I got the <laughs> I got the latest MacBook Air. Um, there has oh, never wow. been an little, little little flex there from Ronald. The little latest. plug, little wow. plug. Um, oh, oh dude. sorry, I forgot to mention. I also have the latest MacBook Air. As long as we're as long as we're doing, oh, com- wow. you know, computer flex. We're, we're doing Mac measuring contests. Um, do, do you have the latest <laughs> Dell? You have the latest <laughs> Dell, right? Big T. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the latest Dell. You know. <laughs> But intel. dude, I I type. I'm like pipe. I I type every app. Yeah. I, I don't know. Wow. So, so you guys are so busy. Your, oh, your lives are so full. You're so in demand that like you can't even take 45 minutes and, and stop. All my best sermon prep happens during the rap. Mm. Interesting. I man, things must be things must be just like popping off there, sojourn wise, budget wise. I mean, with you and the latest MacBook Air. I mean, suffering for Jesus there. Ronald. whatever man by latest i mean like i'm a year and a half old with this thing so it's actually not latest and uh but we should talk about what that moment will be when i get my latest macbook air and i, I won't have to have clickety clack keys now baby know? are you one of those guys that like no. you got you gotta kind of have the latest apple product no, i don't know i'm not dude yeah. i literally don't care i literally okay. don't care yeah okay okay um but you're I'd be happy with the dell i'd be happy with the latest dell or okay. even a two-year-old dell Interesting. Other than Dell's kind of, it's not as compact. I like things that are a little more compact to fit into my, here's a plug, Saddleback Leather Goods. Your $700 uh, bag. Yeah, correct. with not, not quite enough space in it. Right. All um, my, my baggage is worth more than my uh, my techie products. You know, and that, yeah. and I, would always, I would always have it that way, too, by Fascinating. the way. Fascinating. Fascinating. So. Piper, speaking of sponsors, um, speaking of sponsors that are still on board, why don't you tell us about Dwell Bible? Yeah, we do have a sponsor this week, don't we? Um, Dwell App, our longtime partner and sponsor, is an audio Bible app. Um, I use them pretty consistently, especially it. 
So here's how I use Dwell app currently more than anything else. It is to keep me sanctified while sitting in Nashville traffic trying not to think homicidal thoughts about terrible drivers around me. And I've tried audiobooks, and I've tried podcasts, and I've tried music, and none of them work very well. But Scripture has a has a remarkable sanctifying effect if you weren't aware of that. Um, so that's how I use Dwell currently. So if you go to dwellapp.io slash happyrant, you can see they have a special offer for our listeners. It's a 33% discount. It's about $20 a year subscription uh, to it. As part of that subscription, you have access to listening plans, and a whole variety of features that allow you to uh, that that allow you to pull out particular segments to listen to for reflection, for memorization. You can you can just sort of chop it up however you want. They have multiple narrators, they have musical backgrounds, so you can sort of create a listening environment that suits what you are trying to accomplish, whether it's memorization or study or just listening to absorb, learn, meditate, those kinds of things. So again, that's dwellapp.io slash happyrant. They have a 33% discount. They also have a free trial if you want to test drive it before uh, purchasing. Yeah, nicely done there, Pipe. So here, here's the dilemma that um, that I'm seeing this morning is that mm. we we have this podcast wildly successful, you know, trending in other countries. Um, we've just come off this mountaintop kind of of uh, talking about John MacArthur and Kanye West in the same episode. Um, we know that Piper has issues. You know, we know that he is a terrible person because he he didn't like Kanye West's record. Um, which makes him terrible. But beyond that, boys, we don't have a whole lot to talk about. And I dare say the three of us don't really feel like doing this. So the question is, how are we going to redeem this time? Uh, how are we going to make it work for us? How are we going to create radio out of nothing? So, Ronald, should we should we talk about Pipe's issues vis-a-vis the Kanye record and why it makes him a terrible person? Or yeah, should we talk yeah. in, a, in, a, in yeah. a more kind of broad sense about what do you do when you host a wildly successful radio program and you have nothing to talk about? Yeah, I'd like to combo the two things. I mean, I, you know, if anything, it keeps us talking about Kanye, and I think that's our obligation as Christians. Absolutely. And uh, number two, um, why does it ever matter what anybody thinks about a commercial product? I like mm-hmm. that question. Why does it matter what Pipe thinks, I think, you think? Why, well, I mean, what, is, what does Kanye think about Kanye's record? There's a question that nobody's been able to answer yet. Well, dude, this is something that we've actually been talking about in one of my classes, and it's how and, – and I'd be curious to hear from both of you whether you think this phenomenon has gotten worse in a modern context or if it was worse kind of when we were growing up. But um, I think the, the reason that people care, Ron, is that isn't it a truism that we all use the consumer products that we consume as planks in our persona platform in, in the same way that you flexed about having like the latest – you know, MacBook Air that weighs, you know, 0.002 ounces and, you know, slides ever so nicely into your $700 worth of like Corinthian leather that you that you walk out of the house strapped to your shoulder with every morning. Like those are those are in and of themselves planks in your persona platform. And by liking them, you're saying something about yourself. So I think in this moment that we're in with Kanye West, like uncool reformed people are using liking the record to make themselves either look cooler or look open-minded about Kanye's conversion. Like these are, these are persona builders. So 
I guess the fact that Pipe doesn't like the record, it says something about his persona one way or the other. Now, do you, do you guys think that that phenomenon is worse now or was worse before? Well, I think, um, yeah, I, well, I think it's worse now. But I think when, when you have something that across the board becomes sort of you know standardized, which is, hey, Kanye made a Christian album, therefore Christians need to like the album regardless of whether they like the album or not. Um, sure. When somebody like Pipe, who has a little bit more of a platform, kind of goes forward and says, I, you know, I don't, it's not my jam. I don't really care for it. It kind of, it kind of, put, it puts a level of threat into the minds of all the people that are like, well, I sort of have to like this. I, I need to like this. It's a good thing for me to like sure. this, you know? Sure. Um, it's, so also, I, it's strange. You know? It's a weird thing, too, because I feel like people cannot separate the fact that I think the album is bad musically from the fact that I really would like Kanye to be eternally saved. Those don't seem at all at odds with me. I mean, that's true for literally every music artist in the the Christian industry right now. I don't like their albums for the most part. I really want their souls to be in a good place. I, I don't think there's any obligation to like somebody's art just because they have claimed the name of Jesus. And in fact, doing art in the name of Jesus historically has created some really terrible art. And I feel like this was Kanye's worst album that I have heard. And that doesn't, for some reason, that that's more threatening or bothersome to people than, you know, then if then if it then if he was not a you know had not if he had not claimed Christ I think people would just be like oh you have an opinion but because this is a this is an issue I, I'm not yeah. siding with the devil or something to that effect I'm not sure yeah it's like saying that you don't like Tim Tebow kneeling in the end zone ten years ago you know or like saying uh, you don't like Tim Tebow's throwing motion like I think right, Tim Tebow right. is a bad quarterback in the NFL sure. he's a great college player. And sure. and that's offensive to some people because they're like, "But he's a Christian." That doesn't have anything to do with whether or not he can hit a fifteen-yard out pattern. Like they're just they're exactly. they're not remotely connected. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yet um, Christians take this stuff so personally because I think, and and this is kind of getting back to the original point, you're not liking Kanye's record pipe at some level ruins their enjoyment of. Um, whatever kind of persona work they're doing vis-a-vis Kanye, right? Yes. Um, so if they're excited about it and they're celebrating it and they haven't really probably listened to much rap music ever, um, <laughs> you, you know, they're, maybe they're enjoying it, you know? Uh, and hearing you say that it's a bad, it's bad musically or you don't like the music in the record, um, that's kind of raining on their, on their Discovering Kanye West parade. And I do get that, you know? Now that doesn't give them license to go after you. Um, but it's, it's just kind of the world we live in, right? Where, um, if you ruin my enjoyment of anything by having a contrary opinion, then I'm, I'm just going to rip your face off on Twitter, I guess. Um, now, so how, how do you guys respond to this? So you, so you really enjoy something, just pick a thing. Okay. Uh, let's, what's the thing that you, you both really enjoy? Uh, Downton Abbey is a good example. You have, you have talked extensively about your, Deep love for Downton Abbey. I am yeah. completely agnostic and ignorant of Downton Abbey. I have zero opinions because I don't know anything about it. Um, but sure. there are plenty of guys who would say that, you know, you are girly men or it's terrible or whatever. 
Does that mm-hmm. does that make the slightest dent in your enjoyment at all? Does it push you further into enjoyment out of a sense of being contrary? Is it wh- what is the response to the 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 persona war built built around enjoyment? It it makes no difference to me at all. Um, however, I, I will admit that I like from a persona standpoint, right? So, so it would be easy to talk about persona from a like thousand foot high horse and say that, you know, Ronald and I are above it, which is probably the temptation for both of us, to be honest, like knowing Ron and knowing myself being above doing persona work would be like, you know, the, the, the temptation to lie right now, but that is the persona uh, is being above the persona. Yeah. Not having a persona is your persona, but it's, it's BS, right? If we're being honest with ourselves, we both do like, mad persona work we just do it in different ways um and and yeah i'll admit i like being the kind of guy who likes downton abbey now i think 90 percent of that is just liking the show itself but 10 percent is enjoying being the contrarian like i can watch this genteel like british costume drama yeah i don't have to be watching like a tractor pull or a boxing fight to be a dude you know um so at, at, at that level like i guess it is persona work Ronald, what do you say about it? Yeah, no, I don't know how I can add to that. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, somebody else not liking something I like has never, has never, has never like changed my opinion or made me, you know, like something less. It just that make sure. that's that's so weird. That even in like the way that I think and process things, that just that doesn't make any sense to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. here's the thing: there's never been a hundred percent of everybody that's liked one thing, and so yeah. if you took it that, you would never like one thing. If it was yeah. if it was yeah. dependent on everybody liking it and not anybody having a negative opinion on it, it it's just it, like it lacks logic in yeah. some ways. And I'm not like a super logic guy on any level, but yeah. it's just it's like I, that's where I break those things down and go, oh, great. You don't like it. Great. You're not going to sit. You know, you're not going to sit in my living room and watch this with me anyway. You know, like wh- what is it? What does it have to do? Practically speaking, with my level of enjoyment of it, it just doesn't doesn't add up to me at all. Let me let me ask you another question related to this. Um I, I see I see this kind of persona work traditionally as the purview of like people who are in their teens and twenties. Yes. Um however, one thing that I see about right now is that people in their forties are doing it to each other. Uh which seems dumb to me. It seems like we should be <laughs> it seems like we should be done using like records and T V shows as persona builders. Like we should yes. be done with that in like high school and college. You know, you should be finished like swinging your quentin tarantino movies and your and your saturday night live references around like once you hit age like 20 or or terrence malick the who is he's sort of the lovely man though yeah lovely guy terry um he's wonderful beautiful uh in fact yeah he's he's sort of has i think he's sort of on the older end of that like you you get into your 30s and 40s and and you move on from you know, did you see Kill Bill to did you see the latest Terry film? Yeah, Tree of Life. Right. It's so beautiful. You know. Um, why are people doing this in their forties? This is dumb. Is this a is this purely a function of social media? Yeah, it's uh, I think it's we you know, we enjoy I, I mean, I think you could break it down. I mean, so I think it's easy to break down in the sense that I, it's fun to be around other people that share your interests. There's a sense sure. of commu- a community about that. So, so for me and you, Big T, I mean, I, you know, I want to, I, I don't want to go see Downton Abbey 
with with uh, Pipe. I want to go see Downton Abbey with you because we share yeah. that commonality. Exactly. And um, so I think on a on a very basic level, it just brings us back to community, which is um, two different people who are coming together on a shared interest, and that that's that's something that that builds friendship and um, it builds trust and. And uh, it just it just makes life more enjoyable because we have something of which we can riff and talk about. And someday, you know, again, we are going to launch that podcast, and we just put a plug in for the the Happy Abbey. But um, but I but I think at its most base level, that's that's what that represents for me. Yeah. You know, but that's, again, it that's what it represents for you. But I think for it in and in that context, there's a reason why. So. You love something. If somebody else doesn't love it, you also don't care that they don't love it. Like you, you don't think less of them for enjoying a different show or movie or you know whatever. There's well, not- I don't even disagree with them because it's a matter of it's it's subjective when it comes to taste and style and all those things. So I can just go, well, yeah, it's not my thing, but I'm also okay with you liking something that I don't like because I know I like things you don't like. That I mean, that literally is like that. That is that is how the world like pivots on its axis, yeah, right? You know what but, I mean. But I I think I think you are anomalous in that way. To, to you know compared to the the majority who pick what they like based on how it will be perceived and how it positions them not just a pure and simple do I or do I not enjoy this and then because if you, it's if it if it's a pure and simple enjoyment you then connect with people who like the same thing you know whether it's Downton Abbey or Kanye's album or cheeseburgers or whatever you just the common enjoyment is fun it's it brings people together Sure. If it's a positioning thing and it's a status thing, it's then there's then a threat aspect because if somebody likes yeah. something different, they are it's a status it's a status difference or they're threatening your your position and I think that has a lot to do with social media and just general insecurity which social media feeds into. You have to be really kind of, there's there's a certain amount of uh, self-image security and being able to say that you really enjoy something that is not cool or that is not yeah. that is not the current trend or that you really dislike something that that the masses have decided is the right thing to like you know yeah and you know we talked in a previous episode about sort of the the pressure towards white wokeness amongst 40 something you know 30 and 40 something people and and it's not cool to be like I, I think this is nonsense i don't think this i don't think this means anything because yeah. so i think i think there's just a ton of insecurity leading to essentially like popularity by democracy what the masses yeah. have decided what is right is cool is good and then that's yeah. all tribal too so is it reformed christianity or millennial people or white folks or like however you're dividing the population that you are then trying to impress but it also yeah. seems yeah it also seems intrinsic to age though too kind of what you were going back to t which is like mm-hmm. like these like this is kind of the thing you're you're essentially discussing with your students on a daily basis, right? Yeah. But I feel yeah. like once you get past the age of like I don't know eighteen, like yeah, it, it's it's fascinating to think that this is still a thing. Right. Right. No, I agree, and it, it it's it's just funny though because I think social media has made it a thing for forty year olds to quibble over. Whereas, like, remembering back to when my dad was forty, I can't imagine him sitting around with his buddies and going, "Well, wow, you guys are lame because you don't like the new." 
you know, Moody Blues record or the it's Earth, Wind, and Fire record. Yeah, it's, it's unthinkable. unthinkable. Like for our dads to sit around spending like one second doing that, um, it's it's just utterly laughable and unthinkable for them to have done that. But yet that's the self same thing that guys our age are doing like this very second, you know, like Christian dudes in their 40s are having these like heated debates over their response to the Kanye record, which is just utterly ridiculous to me. Um, but but very funny at the same time. And and I think it back to what you were saying, though, Pipe, I think it has created more stress, right? It's created more stress because with all of these issues, you're wondering, like, am I on the right side of the Kanye debate or am I woke enough to please like the people in my life? And um, I, I think that's why, you know, not to take it to too fine a point, but I, I mean, it's why there's way more like stressed out, depressed, anxious people in 2019 than there were in, you know, 1993. Well, and uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. I remember a, maybe two, three years ago, I stumbled across some music uh, by Leon Bridges, who's a, He's a, you know, does does sort of like Motown, R&B, soul, it really funky, cool stuff. Yeah, he's good. He's played at our school before. <laughs> and uh, which school? Union. Okay, I was thinking the one your, your ones your kids went to, and I was like, really? No. That seems unlikely oh, to gosh, me. No. Uh, <laughs> no. no one cool has ever played at that school. Latin, they're not playing at the Latin co-op, man. Not yeah, yeah. They're, bridges they're, in to do the they're not Latin playing at the Renaissance Fest. Does, does, like he know the, the, does he know Agnus Day in full Latin? Because if so, he can come play. Um, hey, their money spins too, just to, yeah. just to be clear. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I stumble across music by him, and I post something on Twitter about how cool I thought it was. And there was two responses one of which I really appreciated, the enjoyment response, and the other was like the D-bag uh, pressure response. Okay. The, you know, the one I appreciated was, I know, isn't he amazing? Just sort of the the fellow enjoyer of good music, which is great. Yeah. The other was, oh, how did you not know about him? That album came out a year ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I well, gotta, I'm, I gotta prove my intellect by. No, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry that I just found a good thing. Like my bad, yeah. my bad that it's no longer valid <laughs> you're, you're to enjoy to this thing. Discover an album even a day after it comes out. No, right? exactly. It's, it's got to be day of. You got an eight-hour window, I, or else it actually needs to be about six months in advance because you knew about it before everybody else did. Right. Exactly. I just, I, I, I guess my enjoyment was invalid because it was late. <laughs> And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure even Leon Bridges feels that way. He wishes that nobody else would discover his first album because it yeah. came out at this point like yeah. three years ago. It's how dare you spend money on my record six months later? You know, um, I mean that's yeah, how, we would all. That's be- how I feel about my books. Every time somebody's like, "Hey, just ran across your books," I'm like, "Get out, go away, yeah. go home. Yeah. Why are you? Dude, why are you even reading you not, that?" Right? How did you not discover this six months ago? No, it's terrible. I mean, it's truly. Te- don't don't you think though? Don't you think Twitter was just made for that kind of a-hole? You know, if if, if there's a very specific, like, a-hole type, and, and that's part of it, Twitter was made for that person. Because um, they, they must derive so much pleasure from it, you know, from, like, composing that tweet, hitting send or whatever, and uh, and just having it be there. Twitter is made for that guy. I, yeah, it's just such a bummer, because it's also made for the other guy who's, like, I know, don't you love track six where he just, you know, and sort of the, like the reveling, there's so much opportunity to use social media in a fun way and people just suck at it. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, yeah, Ronald, like any, anything to add to this topic, this non-topic topic? 
Um, no. Ronald, have That'll you be- have you come out with anything creative that we can uh, that we can no longer enjoy because it's been out for longer than seven minutes? Yeah, I actually just posted a song from a collaboration album I did with my brother in 2007, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I actually feel I feel a lot of shame right now for doing that. Well, is is that old you enough know? to be sort of remastered and reintroduced? Like if it was 2015, it it just doesn't matter. But 2007, you know? that's that's getting old enough, right? It's not even remastered or re-released. I just I just came across a song. Something popped up like on my YouTube channel of one of the songs that we did from it, and I hadn't heard it in probably ten years. No exaggeration. Yeah. And I just clicked on it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of like that song, so I just posted it. And uh, but now I feel like I I, re- I feel shame now for doing that. Voice. So Ronald, here's here's marketing gold for you in 2019, and, and this goes for this goes for pastoral ministry and your music career, and and I think this is true of almost all bought and sold things in 2019. Like if you can release something with which someone else can, someone else can use that item to, to build another plank in their persona, then you've, you've hit marketing gold. But if you just release a good song, it's not enough. You know what I'm saying? Um, Cause Kanye has released a lot of records full of good songs and none of them have gotten the buzz that this one has gotten. Um, you know, if you release something that someone can use, so you have to you have to comb back through your library and go, um, how can someone use this to feel smug or cool or more enlightened or more thoughtful or more woke or more whatever? And then that's the thing you want to sell. You know what I mean? Those are the questions we have to ask now. It's not that I just write and record a, a you know a, a pleasant song. It's yeah, it's not it's enough. How, to just, how can this how can this benefit somebody's platform? Yeah, as if making a good song isn't hard enough. Like that's not like rolling out of bed. Somebody could just make a good song, right? Um, but it has well, to be. It has to be the very right sort of persona building thing too. To Ronnie's credit, in <clears throat> when he was fully invested as a full time musician, um, he kind of did that. Now it wasn't yeah. about it. It was pre wokeness and and yeah. you know whatever, but mm-hmm. but it was it was. It was sort of an avant-garde niche of music, so it wasn't—he wasn't playing to the mainstream. And so, when people liked his music, they were in, they, they had sort of—they had discovered as like the secret room of of Christian music kind of thing. And his fans of his of Joy Electric still talk about that music today. Like when they run across each other, there's sort of like the knowing nod, like "Oh yeah, yeah. you like them too," and they find such great pleasure in the fact that you know. All of those jars of clay fans and whatever were are, are not among them. There's so he he did provide a certain level of sort of uh, smug enjoyment to a, a collection of listeners for sure. Wow, thanks, Pipe. That's really nice, man. It's, yeah. I, I provided smug enjoyment to a collection of listeners. I, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that for my current platform for sure. You know, Pipe. Wouldn't you say that in 2019, smugness is the is the ultimate marketing tool? Like, if you can deliver smugness. You've really done something. Smugness has been standardized. Yeah, that's a good. Hmm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of uh, of anything that would that sort of assails that point that you just made that might that might yeah. overcome it. I'm not coming up with a lot. I think. <clears throat> right. I'm I'm struggling to find the lie in that statement. I, yeah, I think. I think smugness is sort of the. It's the persona of the day, for sure. It really is. And I think social media was made for smugness. And, and you're right in saying, Pipe, that it was made for 
all these other potentially good things, right? Like finding like-minded communities of people who enjoy the same stuff and, um, and all that. But at the, at the end of the day, it was really made for smugness. And I think it delivers that in, in droves. Why smugness and not something? Is it because everything is so sort of politicized or politically correct that you, you can't be outwardly antagonistic? You know, so you can't, you can't yeah. just outright be like, I'm better than you or my product is better than yours or you're an idiot. Uh-huh. There has to be sort of a quiet, passive, aggressive, like, I know I'm better, but I'm just going to sort of smirk about it rather than announcing it. I just think it's a def- yeah. I think it goes back to what we said in the beginning. It's a defense mechanism because it's not enough to just be able to, to enjoy the things you enjoy. You have to enjoy them in such a way that nobody's going to say anything negative about the fact that you enjoy them. And because somehow that's going to ruin your enjoyment of them. Like, so what that person thinks about what I enjoy, that either, you know, increases or lessens the enjoyment. I think it just brings us back full circle, you know, to where it, why, why should that have any, why should that, why should there be any play in that with, with, in, in terms of, well, and it, stuff? and it, it's made more complicated by our Christianness in which I, in many cases, we kind of feel like we have to defend every purchase, right? So you have to justify your $700 bag by saying, uh, yeah, but I use it to carry all my theology books or, um, <laughs> you know, somebody gave it to me. Right. I mean, we, 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 we justify it by saying a friend gave it to me or I, I carry theology books in it or I got it on my podcast as a sponsorship. Um, you know, every, everything is so much more public and complicated now. Um, whereas I think in 1993, if you had a $700 bag, you weren't. You weren't bloviating about it on your podcast. You weren't posting pictures of it on social. I mean, if you took a trip in 1993, you were just a guy taking a trip. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a photo op. It didn't invite your friends to feel either jealous or envious or uh, like they had to come up with a better trip. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff happened more in a vacuum back then. And I think now everything is a either an invitation to jealousy or an invitation to feel superior. Or there's the guilt aspect of things where, um, so for example, it, it, people buy consumer goods for quote unquote like justice reasons or good causes. Sure. And so, you know, once upon a time, if you wore a particular brand, I don't know, pick like polo or whatever, like every, every brand yeah. has had its day. And uh, that was sort of a status symbol, but now it's the, like, every time I buy this pair of shoes, a pair of shoes is given to somebody in, you know, another country, or I buy these glasses and somebody has provided glasses. And so there's a, which then leads, which again, feeds into smugness, because you can announce the goodness of your consumerism, um, as well as making other people feel less than for their lack, I mean, I'm sorry, you bought your, your shirt at Target? That's... That's terrible. Yeah. I bought you, my you, shirt for twice as much, but but a uh, you know they sent right. seven dollars to somebody in Indonesia. Some like war refugee made it with his with his bare hands. Yeah, you you bought your shirt at just a a regular for profit store. You monster. You know, you know who I blame for this? Who who was the OG little hipster in like twelve years ago that made that company where you get the canvas shoes and somebody else gets a oh, pair Tom, of canvas Tom shoes? Tom shoes. Yeah, I blame Tom. I blame that guy. He ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> Shopping used to be fun before that guy, you know? Dude, Everything I remember, was, so I was at the I Catalyst Conference in Atlanta, and so this would have been 2008 or nine, maybe, and Tom's shoes had just 
come out. And so they and they knew at that point they 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 hadn't gone to you know they weren't in shoe stores and things like that. So they knew that this had to be a niche market to uh, faith based groups primarily. So they yeah. had a they were a phenomenon amongst the like the Gen X and older millennial church leader crowd at Catalyst. The yeah. people loved it. And now oh, yeah. like Tom's is just common. Like they're the OG, but that 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 whole model is just commonplace now. Yeah, yeah everybody does it now. But yeah, they uh they definitely started that brush fire. Sorry, California. Touchy subject, but uh wow. yeah, they wow. did that. Interesting. Did you guys get Tom's back in the day? No, I've they're not they're not comfortable. Yeah, they look like just really uncomfortable crappy shoes to me. They, I think I, my da- I think my daughter had like 20 or 30 pairs of them though that would have been like more yeah her her scene her era yeah dude it was it was that era it was right when i started like teaching college back in the late like 2000 so yeah 2008 9 10 um yeah every college kid had like multiple pairs of those um, i mean at the risk of sounding all daddish i mean are, like are, is tom still a thing or, like are people still wearing toms oh yeah because i because i don't still I, I feel like i don't see a lot of like Maybe it's become so ingrained in the culture now. It's like I don't notice people wearing Chuck Taylors, but like everybody's wearing them. So is it is it become that kind of a thing? I'm wearing Chuck Taylors right now, actually. That's what I'm saying. I'm That's looking saying. up Tom's shoes, but I'm doing it on my phone, listeners, so that I do not have to type on the computer. You're welcome. And guys, let me just apologize to our listeners really quick because we said the word woke or wokefulness, I think, seven times. I counted. Yeah. So let me just let me just make sure we're clearing the decks with that real quick. I, Why are you apologizing for yeah, that? Yeah, I do that at this that, point I feel just, like you're doing, just to needle people. Because I don't like that to be my persona on this program. I feel like you're doing persona work. What, are you too good for the word woke? I'm just afraid of it. I'm just <laughs> afraid of the word. Baby, how woke do you consider yourself? Oh, this is man. something that in all of our years of friendship, we've never talked about this. Dude, I, I don't know if that's not the trickiest question anybody's ever asked me in 2019. I know, but it's persona I mean, how woke, stuff. How woke you are to, you? For your persona, you need to have this sussed out. This needs to be a thing that you you have an answer for. I think that I probably am the mo- most uh, most woke evangelical, maybe in evangelicalism. I would say I'm number one. You're the number one. You get the award. You get the even. Okay. Yeah. Well, I here's think here's the problem with I'm that. Not- here's the problem yeah. with that statement. If you're truly woke, you have abandoned evangelicalism, Ronnie. So exactly. you can't yeah, be that's... woke and an evangelical. That's not how it works. Exactly. Which just proves that I'm the least woke. Uh, Tom Tom's shoes still exist. They are for sale at Macy's. Uh-huh. At Macy's Nor- has always been a Tom seller. Nordstrom, yeah, DSW, Nordstrom. Rack Room Shoes, Backcountry.com, Zappos, Shoes. Yeah, I mean, they're at this point, they're like, they're, they're in the big shoe game. You know, Dude, are- it's like apple pie, baseball, I mean, and Chevrolet. I mean, it, it, Tom's <laughs> is just American, you know, American shoeing. Boys, you know what I want more than anything? I mean, maybe not more than anything in that I just thought of it like a minute and a half ago. I want a shoe sponsor on the program. I want us getting shoes. I want free shoes. I don't know, but I really want like one of these leather boots. I want these like up and coming hipster, like bespoke shoe companies to to reach out, man, to hit us up. I don't. I want red wing boots so I can get another pair of Irish (laughs) setters. That's what I want. Like I don't. Dude, I would take red wing boots. I would, I would for sure. The problem with hipster yeah. shoe companies is that they make shoes that are they, – they are essentially they, – they look handmade. Let's just put it that way. They look like they look like something that people wore in 
like five points New York in <laughs> in eighteen eighty seven. Like they're like just, when Leo was making that movie with uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, what was like that movie? they're either like slippers or like Gangs hobnail boots. Gangs or, in New York. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, and they're probably not going to want to advertise on probably the most successful podcast in America. Of all either, time. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, if, we were, if we were a little more like indie and a little more underground, but the fact is the thing's just gotten too big now. That's why it's hard for us to get support. For well, more maybe life. hear this. I would yeah. take Nike, too. So, Phil Knight, if you're listening, uh, and I know you are. I know the Knight family probably listening around the hearth. They're in their 12 yeah. billion square foot, you know, Oregon home. Uh, we we would take a Nike sponsorship. Yeah, too. Nike, Adidas, you know, yeah, Converse. Absolutely. I mean, we're only going to get the big absolutely. guns. Yeah, absolutely. it's the big guns at this point. But Piper, I want to go back to Ronald's wokeness just for a couple minutes. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie does not want us to go back there, so let's do it. I want to I want to get a I want to get a barometer on Ron's sensitivity too, because something we talked about via text was a vulnerable voice about how if you're a Christian hipster in 2019, you have to sound like a a, like a valley girl from the 70s in that every every sentence ends with a question mark oh dude i love that right? i love that text man i'm glad you brought that up because i wanted to talk baby do you that. do you love vulnerability voice is this a thing you employ oh I'm dude no it. not dude i absolutely have no toleration for it it drives me up the wall so why does every like christian hipster dude south of 40 sound, sound like one of these like chicks you mean like the end like everything with like a question do you mean like when you're asking yeah. me this question like you want to know why i talk like this or you want to know like what's been going on in my life or, i want to know, you know everything like, about that where it started like why why we're doing it why it's the it's the official sound of vulnerability it's fascinating to me i have a theory on this lay it, lay it out right yes this i is think good. i think it's okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna make definitive statements that end in periods listeners so wow, if you how find aggressive if you. you find that offensive not very woke of you Pine, well it's all. it's miraculous you've made it 38 minutes into this podcast but um okay. i think that that is the voice of vulnerability because definitive statements are threatening to people everything is so built around dialogue and it's a give and take it's a conversation that to say I think X is you almost need to apologize for it. Or yeah. if you pose it as sort of like a question and so you, <laughs> you have an opinion that kind of ends like this, then uh, it's a lot safer. You make people feel yeah. safer. Also, they get to completely disregard what you just said because you didn't say it with any conviction. Yeah. And because you sound like a seven-year-old girl. Um, and but it's all it's also a re so dude it's also a really safe place for pastors in terms of how they communicate to people too because totally. it means you can't, you can't really nail them down on anything yeah and they can say you know i'm just i'm just asking the question i'm just i'm just you know i'm just proposing yeah you know what, what could be yeah yeah well i don't know did the, did the book I wrote with Katie Y all those years ago mean nothing? I thought we killed this. I thought we killed it like 12 years ago. But uh, alas, we did not. Um, There's the title for the next book, the follow-up. Alas, we did not. No, no, no. <laughs> like, alas, we did not? Uh, we did not? Question mark. Yeah. Oh, I love it, boys. You know what, though? I think it's time to kill this episode. Oh, maybe. I would love if you would do that. Yes. Yes, oh, baby. That is the best news I've heard all Hear me morning. saying I'm here to kill this episode. Say it again. Is, this a, is this a definitive statement or are you 
considering killing the episode? Maybe. I'm here to I'm here to kill this episode. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I can't even we've do we've it. Wander, we've wandered to and fro. We've wandered to and fro throughout these topics. Get some rest. Get some margin. Um, yeah, no, we've won. We, we we have wandered to and fro throughout these topics. <laughs> I can't even talk now. Uh, vulnerable so voice is like it's ruined my so ability stupid. to do good radio. It's so stupid. <laughs> really, boys, we've wandered to and fro throughout these topics, and until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. God kept calling my heart like I just knew he was my safe place. I hope people don't walk away going, wow, you're really awesome. More than like, wow, Jesus is really interesting and he's really awesome. Everybody on this planet is dealing with some sort of what if. How does that one courageous decision affect the whole world? A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. If you were encouraged by what you just heard, please search Trevor Talks on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com.